Hey guys, it's me, Logan. Want to tell you about our free giveaway. DM or tweet at us at our Twitters in the show notes or send an email to our email at ffsportsky at gmail.com. Winner will win a free $25 gift card brought to you by Katrina Fields at Remax Elite Realty. The gift card will be sent through the mail to whoever wins. Thanks. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Logan here, sitting with Jared and a special guest, Dylan Ballard. He's a... He's a friend of mine, a cousin of mine. Long, we've been together. We've done. We've talked Kentucky sports for years, ever since we were kids. And I'm happy to have him on here with us. Jared, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited about this episode. I think we're going to have a whole lot of fun, talking about a whole lot of really good things, and uh, ecstatic to have Dylan on. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to have Dylan on. I've wanted to, you know, get different guests on, and I, Dylan's one that. I've always had fun talking sports with all throughout my life from us playing video games as kids growing up playing NCAA 14 for years and then playing Madden and drafting NBA teams till four or five o'clock in the morning until his grandma yelled at us. It was always super fun to get involved and talk about sports. It's honestly why my master's degree might be in sports management because that those nights make me want to be involved. But Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, with the way life is now and the way our world is now, I wish I could go back to those much simpler times. Um, but I'm doing, I'm blessed and had, you know, a great day at church, a great weekend watching sports. Uh, and now here to hop on with you guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, like you said, Logan's my cousin. I've known Jared for a while. Uh, go to church with these guys is, I mean, so involved with each other in our lives uh, quite a bit. I'll tell you just quickly my background in sports, and then I'll let you guys get right back to your thing you and I'll ahead. just top in. Um, I am, uh, my name's Dylan, and I started a podcast about two or three years ago with a friend of mine. We called that uh, the Dylan and Dylan Sports Podcast, which evolved into Borderline Sports. We had a blog. <laughs> it worked really, uh, <laughs> it was really, sorry, it was really successful for a while and grew and was uh, I just that gives you guys hope that uh, you know a small two guys just on a couple of computers can grow and you guys are doing a great job and you're going to do the same uh, but when that happened uh, I, I see of blue uh, one of the larger media member groups for University of Kentucky uh, poached me away and I've been doing that ever since then so most of the time uh, you guys if you catch me on Twitter you're going to catch me live tweeting the games from the from wherever the cats are and it's it's a fun time and it's it's a blessing and uh, there's a lot of great guys in media, despite what you would think off of social media and things like that. But there's a lot of there's a ton of great guys out there that are working hard to provide y'all with some off, awesome coverage. Uh, but if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I'm uh, at Dylan Ballard underscore UK, and then that's kind of my outlet there where I just tweet about sports, and that's really it. That's all all I talk about on there. But I'm excited to be on tonight, and I know you guys are going to continue to kill it. So let's just hop in. I, I love doing radio and podcast and I still get to do that some. And I'm actually getting ready to hop on, take over a show for one of our outlets there. But I'm excited just to get my niche in because I love radio and podcasting. So y'all, I will let you lead the show, but I appreciate y'all having me. And it's going to be a fun episode despite a uh, semi-disappointing weekend, just because it's never fun when you lose. But we'll, we'll get right into it and I'll turn it back over to you, Logan. Hey, listen, man, I, I do miss those nights sitting in your grandma. Grandma has a beautiful house, my Aunt Gail. 
She has a beautiful house. We'd sit down there till three, four o'clock in the morning, knowing we had to be at church at seven o'clock in the morning. We'd sit down there playing Madden and two K NCAA football 14 up until God hours of the night. We actually made your grandma so mad so many times, but at the same time, she loved us. And then we'd wake up three hours later with the best homemade biscuits ever. Oh my gosh, bro. And we would make, uh, I need to recreate this night, those nights, whenever this new college football game comes back. Oh yeah, bro. And we'll invite Jared because we, then we had the Buffalo chicken pizza rolls. You got me on that with the ranch. Oh, it was amazing. Oh oh my gosh. Those are the nights. But like you said, it was a very disappointing, uh, weekend for Kentucky, but then you can look around and seven of the top 10 teams had disappointing weekends and lost. So everybody in front of Kentucky lost. And then uh, Texas Tech ended up losing. So the sting of losing doesn't hurt as bad when everybody else does it. But it was definitely a game that we should have won in a tough environment with a somewhat limited roster. Um, Ty-Ty didn't look great. And our healthy players didn't look great. But Oscar came out playing great. Uh, final score of this game was 73-75. You have to hate it if if you were a better, which none of us are. But betters, the line was two and a half. We hit a banked-in three from almost half court as time expires. So I can only imagine people who put money on this game lost their mind at the end, and I, that's that's insane. But Kentucky lost. Uh, Kentucky lost seventy-three, seventy-five, and it was disappointing because we were down so far and came back and clawed ourselves back into that game. Kind of lost at the end due to some, I, I think, a bad call on Keon, but. Overall, Kentucky starters didn't play that great besides Oscar. So I, I, I'm i not disappointed because I don't think in the grand scheme of things it really matters that we lost to Arkansas, but it does matter in the scheme of the SEC tournament. So It does it does not matter, but, man, it does make you wish that you could have won knowing that the top five teams in front of you lost. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So <laughs> I do want to throw in – I mean, Logan, you may not have liked the call, but unfortunately the, the foul on Keon, it, it was the right call. He, yeah, it, it could have been soft. I mean, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, I forgot who was guarding him at the time, but I, he probably kind of, you know, was being just a little wiggly and just felt like falling over just because. But I mean, it, he did stretch his arm out and he did kind of push off a little bit. Yeah, anytime Lit, you stretch out that arm, you're going to get call called for it. So it could, it, it does, it, usually at that point of the game, they won't call it. But whenever you throw out your arm like Keon did, it's definitely going to be called. So yeah. I understand it was probably the right call. Here's the, just the wrong here's time the thing that I'm mad at on that play. I'm not mad at Keon. And listen, I'm not one of those guys that just dogs Coach Cal. I love Coach Cal. I am a Coach Cal guy till the end. Every time I've ever interviewed Coach, every time I've ever done a media event, <laughs> Coach is fantastic to me. But, Coach, can we not learn how to draw up an out-of-bounds play? We have been running the same out-of-bounds play since Terrence Jones was here where he would stick up his arm and we'd throw it over the top of the defender and then we'd set up a play. How about how about we learn to run an out-of-bounds play that's not just simply throwing it up to whoever's playing the four at the time and hope that they don't push off? Because that kind of scared me yesterday, seeing Keon push off simply because I know that play right there is going to be ran 75,000 more times during the uh, NCAA tournament. So hopefully he learned from that because Cal has proven that he's going to be stubborn on it. On the block, on the baseline, he's not running an out-of-bounds play despite having somebody like Grady that you could run off screens and catch in that corner and shoot. But <clears throat> I trust Coach, but hopefully Keon learned his lesson because I'm telling you, you're going to see more of that play, and you're going to see a lot of it because that's the only thing we ran 
I think PJ Washington, I think he got tired of throwing his arm up and them just throwing it up like that because that's what they did for him every single play on the baseline. But that's my tangent on that situation. It made me so mad yesterday knowing that they everybody in the building knew what was coming there. Yeah, and you're and you're probably right on that, but at the end of the day, the goal is to get the ball inbounds. And if you've got an athletic foreman to just grab the ball, it's and it's going to work 99% of the time, you might as well do it. And I know that a lot of Kentucky fans will agree with you, but it, it does work. The ball does get inbounds, and it does get into you know good hands, and the play, the offense starts to work out well that way. But um, in that situation. It, it does suck, but, I mean, at the end of the day, get the ball inbounds and try to run something a little bit more efficient um, with all five players than just four and then hope you can get a good pass inbounds. Yeah, and I, w- one thing that really like bothered me was the reliance upon Keon Brooks. <clears throat> Out of all your players towards the end of the game, I mean, he shot a three that we probably all didn't like at the end. He was the one we threw off that play too, and he just seems like there's either a great key on or a a mediocre key on, and it seems like we went to key on at the end of the game, and I, I don't, I don't, I I did not like the three. I did not like the three by key on. There's four other people on that roster I'd rather have a shooting a three, and at this point in that game, it might have Toppin might have been above key on for who I wanted to shoot that three. So relying on him to shoot that three at the end of the game was not what I wanted. Um, I would rather have Keon shooting that three than Toppin. Now, I, I think we can <laughs> we can all agree that we would rather have Kellen Grady or Mintz or Tata, even though Tata struggled. I think we can all agree that we'd rather have someone else shooting it. But he was wide open, and maybe he was open for a reason. I don't know. I don't necessarily yeah. remember the exact play, but I do remember he was wide open, and it was a pretty solid shot. But, I mean, if he makes it, we're all sitting here talking, oh, this man just got clutch, and he made a massive three in a dire need situation. Then what? If he makes it, we're talking about a whole other conversation. Yeah, you're pulling the whole Shannon Dawson. You would have liked it if it worked, but I don't think it was intended to work. I think that that's probably by design that they let Keon be open. I, well, I think that I'll say I, this: Keon Brooks. I know he was wide open, but this season, Keon Brooks is shooting 24 percent from three. You, I don't think that's the shot you want. And I I don't I, – I'm not a Keon basher like some of the fan base is. Keon's done a lot of great things for us, and I think his growth has been tremendous. Uh, I was around the team a lot earlier in the year, went to practice and a lot, and the, the things I saw in practice, man, <coughs> Keon has gotten so much better, and he's such a leader on the floor when he used to not be, and he's diving after balls, and I love Keon. But, man, did we see it. I mean, he pushed off. He took an ill-advised shot. I know he was wide open, Jared, but, my Lord, you're a 24% three-point shooter. And Cal may have told him to shoot the shot. If he did, then Keon's got to do what he's got to do. But there is three or four other guys on that court I'd rather see shoot that shot or shoot. Get it. There's still 22 seconds left. Get a two. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Get get a two and then when that play started. and And then shorten the game. Hopefully they miss a free throw. If they don't, then shoot your three. But I, I don't like Keon shooting that shot, even if he's wide open. I mean, that's just – and then also he 
He missed the lob. He pushed off. It was just a rough day for Keon, so hopefully yeah. he can shake that off. And I think maybe at some points, if we know Cal the way he is, he might have been trying to instill some confidence in Keon to you know do this and do that and rely on him. But, I mean, Keon ultimately went 0 for 3 on uh, uh, the lob, the 3, and then the push off. And I, I don't want it to affect his, uh, affect his confidence down the line, but it was not a good ending to Keon when he could have had opportunities. But ultimately, I don't think that this game really matters in the grand scheme of things. What really bothers me about this whole game is Grady shot one three and then didn't shoot for the last eight and a half minutes of the game. Well, he shot one three, made it, and then didn't shoot another three after that. So I, I, that's one thing that really bothers me is I think that we really you know, had the to get Logan, our shooters. In the post-game show, I was in there with Coach <coughs> Saturday, and he never does this, but he might have been doing this to try to urge him. He said it was Grady's fault. He said he had yeah. got used to the position he'd been playing there, and he said he just wasn't working hard enough to get open. He said the sets were made for him to get open, and he said, "I'm." He said me and him was going to have to have a talk. And he said everybody has these days. He said, but the reason that uh, he did not get shots is because he wasn't working hard. Yeah. Word for word, what he said, and he says that's never the case with him. He said I don't know if he was having a bad day or whatever. He said, but the reason he didn't get shots off is because he wasn't. It was his own fault. And he yeah. did get blocked twice on those last two threes on the on the uh, right side of the court. And, I mean, maybe it's his fault that he just wasn't quick enough or maybe it was just, you know, two great plays. I know one was a pretty good block. But, I mean, it, 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 he did struggle to get open, like, like you said. And, you know, you can't disagree with Cal. He's, he's the coach and he's the man that's, you know, seen every single day of what's going on and, uh, you know, if Grady wasn't working to get nothing but how many shots did he take? You just take those three shots. Yeah. Three. I mean, he took three shots and all three were threes and two of them got blocked. So, and he had four fouls, which some of them are debatable, but besides the point, you know, he, he, he had 30 minutes and you get three shots. It's not good enough. Yeah. Between him and Mintz, five shots, severe wheeler, 13 shots. There's no way that you want five shots between two of your best scorers and 13 shots out of your your point guard that's not a shooter. He's a pass-first uh, point guard. I mean, Wheeler shot four threes, and then Mintz and Grady shot five total shots, all five of them threes. So, I mean, bad guard play, bad, well, two and three by Grady and Mintz it really brought this team down. You're not going to have a lot of games where those two just have three alone. So, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's something that Grady definitely – it should light a fire or anything because when Cal comes at you and says it's because you're not working hard, it's definitely something that we're not used to him doing is holding a player accountable for their actions. So it's really surprising to hear him say that, but maybe it needs to be said. Maybe he said, hey, I need you to go back to being Kellen Grady, the shooting guard, slash uh, – small forward kind of mix that they've got to have him in. We need him to be that because if you're not looking for your shots, what's the point of being shooter? If you're, if you're not looking for your shots, I, I, it really bothers me that between those two, there's 49 minutes and only five shots. That's one shot per almost 10 minutes between two of our best shooters really drives me insane, but maybe Kyle comes at him and that's probably for the best. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm highly expecting a, a very good game from Kellen Grady coming up uh, against Ole Miss. So I, I, I don't think he's going to be in this 
bad mojo that he's in right now. So I think uh, come come against Ole Miss, I think he's gonna have a very good night. Yeah, and I was happy to see Tata back out there. I mean, he did struggle, but I'm happy to see that he could actually play a game and not have too many hindrances. His shot was off. It could just be a little bit of rust and slow from coming back from this injury, but it was good he to see him out there. Confidence, though. He no. was confident with what he was doing. He just, just the shots were falling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was it was tough, but I mean, to only lose by two to a strong SEC opponent that really was really probably got the some of the uh, biggest fire going underneath them. You probably the best streak going into the SEC tournament. Yeah, it was good. SEC at the moment. Yeah, so I mean, it's good to see that they definitely are fighting back and uh, or they're they're definitely not going to get blown out by even the best of the SEC teams. So. I'm not worried. In the grand scheme of things, Kentucky actually falls to a four seed out of this game. So it's four seed in the SEC tournament. Let me clarify that so I don't <laughs> get people scared again. The SEC tournament, they're gonna, probably going to fall to the four seed, get the late draw game. But they actually, they're actually are the four seed right now. But if we can win against Ole Miss and Florida, Arkansas and Tennessee play this week, so that would actually put us at the three seed. Yep. And uh, if we win out. Which some people like, some people don't. That put that puts you at that ten thirty game. That's really eleven o'clock. <laughs> so it's really gross. That's um, not fun to to hear. But no. we'll be fine. Yeah, and Arkansas actually plays two tough games this week. They play LSU, which isn't but LSU's streaky. They could be they come out pretty good. Or they is that game at Arkansas or LSU? Arkansas, and then uh, oh, the last game yeah. is at Tennessee. Uh, which is a noon. They could go one and one. Yeah, they could go one and one. They could very well go one and one. I, I, think, I mean, I'm, I think everyone was thinking the same thing I was. If that was at LSU, that's very, very interesting. And they very well could have been 0 and 2, but that doesn't matter because they're playing at home. So they could be one and one because Tennessee's good at home. <laughs> as we know. Yeah. I'm excited to see the SEC tournament because I don't yeah. think a lot of these games are have shown us what these teams could do on a neutral side, which we know they don't. But why I say that is, is Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas are a combined sixty-four and one this year at home. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it's just been where it's been played. So when you get into that final four on Saturday of the SEC tournament, I really hope we get those four teams in it because it could be really fun. Yeah. I why well, you nailed that on the head because that, that's exactly where I was going with it. That every one of these teams are home team warriors and they thrive off their own energy. And when, as soon as they get on the road, like we've seen this weekend, you know, uh, Auburn lost at Tennessee. So uh, we lose at Arkansas. And if, if the roles were reversed, if we flipped those, those wins could have been reversed. You know, we could have beat Arkansas and they could have beaten Tennessee at Auburn. So, yeah, it's a good shout. And likely it does end up with us being the three seed because Auburn plays two cupcake games this week with at Mississippi State and South Carolina at home. So, uh, do what they got a whole bye week. <laughs> Basically, they the end fact, the bye week. The fact that Arkansas did, that Auburn doesn't have to play us, Tennessee, or Arkansas two times oh. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and they play they played us at home, and they did end up losing at Tennessee. So and at Arkansas, was, and at Arkansas. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I, I don't. 
the devil in the top four of the SEC has made themselves they've stepped out above everybody else. So I think it'd be fun between those four to see how it ends up. But I think the SEC tournament's going to be definitely be fun and Kentucky. Kind of uh, makes you think. I know Seth Davis today posted his top twenty-five because he gets a vote and he always releases it first. Yeah, and he had Kentucky as the number two, two overall team in the country. So yeah. I, I, I really don't think there's much room to worry about. Um, but hey, it's going to be uh, it's this is a tough conference, and I think this SEC tournament's going to be really fun uh, because. Like I said, we have some really good teams. I know, like I said, I was referencing Seth Davis. He's one of my favorite dudes in hoops. And he has all four of us in his top ten. Kentucky, Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, and Tennessee. And <clears throat> I think Kentucky's Kentucky's right up there with those teams despite losing to all three of them. It's just I feel like we played all three of them on the road. Uh, but played them all three – well, two of them close. And I think going into next week, I'm pretty confident that you'll see us playing on Sunday, on Selection Sunday. Totally agree. Yeah, I totally think so, too. I think when it comes to a neutral site, I mean, we have we definitely owned Tennessee on our home court. We didn't have our best roster at Tennessee. We didn't have it at Arkansas. We didn't have it at Auburn. And we still held our own and didn't get killed by those teams when we arguably should have. So, I, I don't – I think on a neutral court with a full roster, I have no worries – on this team going to the SEC championship. And I'm pretty sure, like always, we'll be playing in that SEC championship and having to wait for that game to end to see Selection Sunday. It's basically a holiday for us Kentucky fans every year. But I hate how it goes back-to-back. But I think I I don't think we have anything to worry about. I think it'll be fun to watch those four teams square off in the SEC tournament. I'm going to be honest. Unless we see some losses from some teams this week, um, and Kentucky just steamrolls through the conference tournament, which I think could happen. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that th- happens, I think we're pretty much locked into the two unless unless we lose to Florida and in the first round on Friday. So, And that's fine with me. I, I'm not dead set on us being a one. I, 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 I'd re- I'll say this. I would <laughs> rather be a two seed in a, in a bracket for Kansas than us being one seed and have somebody like Duke as our two seed. I, I, I think either, either way, you're going to have to play some tough teams. I think the big thing for us is, though, to not lose uh, to Florida and early on in the SEC tournament because even if I don't want to fall down to that later uh, two seed line because I don't want to go play out west or something like that. Let's take care of business so they keep us close to home and some fans can travel. And I hate sounding – I know it's not all about me, but I do not want to travel out west for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Are are you are you worried about Duke at all? Like if, if that was a potential matchup? Um, what do you think, Logan? I say this, I would be more worried about Duke than I would be Baylor or Kansas, just the way they match up with us. Uh Palo and the way Palo plays and the way that they're uh Wendell Moore. Uh I mean, a, a lot of play style is just like Note there. Uh and the kid has been phenomenal for them. Duke does had some losses and have a ton of weaknesses. Um, but I've seen what we did to Kansas at Kansas, and I, for some weird reason, Baylor doesn't scare me at all. Uh, I don't think we match up well with Purdue, as weird as that sounds. I, I think Purdue could lose early because they have some flaws too. But I, I think Purdue and Duke are the two teams we don't match up very well against. But we are. I would still pick us to win, but I would rather be playing uh, somebody from the Big 12 just by simply the style they play. And I'm not – I don't know. I, I do worry – I guess if I really had to choose a, 
a top 25 team to worry about. I would probably worry about Duke the most just because of the coach and just because they're well coached. And I don't think we really have somebody that matches up great with Paulo, but I don't think that you're going to see a great game by Trevor Keels and the other guy. What was the dude that transferred from Marquette? I can't think of his name. Um, well, normally I'm good at this. I, I don't forget, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. What is his name? Jared, look up that while I'm talking. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But uh, I don't think you're going to have another great game like those boys balled out during the first game. Trevor, Trevor, Kills, is not Trevor gonna, Kills has done nothing since that game. Yeah, Trevor Kills is not going to ball out like that. And I cannot think of that dude's name. He's not going to ball out. So, I mean. Oh, I you're love. talking about Theo John. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was, Theo it was John. Up. I knew it was a short name and it was driving me nuts. But uh, I don't think Theo John's going to go off like that. Oscar's definitely in better. Uh, Mark Williams is okay. Good defender. Mark Williams is a beast. Yeah, he's, he's, played, he's played better than anyone yeah. else on that Duke team besides probably. Um, well, now I've gone blank. The the guard who's just shooting the lights out. Yeah. Um, what is his name? Uh, at, well, why uh, am I having trouble tonight? I'm. Yeah, let me just look this up real quick. I'm drawing a blank on him too. It's that what and AJ. Uh, AJ Williams or AJ, something. Yeah. 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 AJ Griffin. Yeah. AJ, AJ Griffin. Griffin. It's Mark wow. Williams. AJ Griffin. Yeah, we're, we're that's cool. the thing. So, I mean, basically, AJ Griffin has been doing the same thing that Trevor Kills did. Um, not as efficient, of course, not 25 points, but pretty close to like 18, 19. But AJ Griffin only had two points in that game with 11 minutes. He's been playing a lot more and playing very, very well. So, although Paolo has been very inconsistent and definitely not, you know, been as good as he was against us the first game of the year. Well, they lost by eight, and they started knocking down some free throws towards the end to extend their lead. But, yeah, that, that was the first. I'm Basically, what I'm getting at, I'm not worried about Duke. Um, I can't believe you said this, but I said this, and I think our last episode, Dylan, I brought up our biggest issue for a matchup would actually be Purdue because they have two seven-footers that could really give us issues especially with Oscar with length and very good rebounders, shot blockers. So, and we, uh, somebody like Ivy, I mean, yeah, we just Jay talked Ivy. about Trevor kills going off on us. We just saw no take go off on a, yeah. a guard who can take over. And outside of Johnny Davis, Ivy may be the best in the country at that. For sure. Yeah. And I think ultimately, and I tweeted about this, I'm not really worried about any team in this, in this in this coming tournament, I don't think, I think we could beat anybody. I don't think there's a team that I look at and say, uh, like, I don't feel like we can do that. But I think that, I think it would be really fun to watch Duke against Auburn. I think that would be a great, great matchup. Cause I think they are two of the most similar teams play style and, and roster wise. I mean, Paulo versus Jabari Smith, Mark Williams against Kessler. That would be a fun game to watch. I hope we get, uh, Duke you get to see Wendell seed. Green throw up 77 million shots yeah. that he's never going to make. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just think that – I think Duke, Duke – I hope Duke is the two for Auburn's region. I think that would be great. I think that would be a great pull. I think that matchup would be awesome. I hope we get to see that. Um, But I, I don't think we have a matchup that I immediately see out of the top 25 that I'm like, uh, we can't beat that team. This is a we have a good team. It's just can we be healthy and can we bring our full roster into the tournament? 
And I think that's what Cal is trying to do and keep at the same time everybody fresh and on good momentum going into the SEC tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the idea always is to try and be a t- as healthy as possible. And normally, uh, Kentucky hasn't really had many injury issues in the past. So considering that we've had injury issues this year, especially by our two guards, it's very odd. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily concerning, but as long as we can get Titan Severe healthy and even Toppin spent some time out, as long as we get especially Titan Severe healthy um, for March, I, I think we are going to be one of the most dangerous teams and a lot of teams are not going to want to play us in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, definitely. And like we like I said at the beginning of the episode, seven of the top ten teams lost. Which one of those really surprised you the, the most for the result of who got upset? Because Gonzaga I, losing by ten. Yeah, I, I think I'm not necessarily surprised that Gonzaga lost because Gonzaga in its history always. I, I even said this in one of our other episodes that. If Gonzaga plays, I think we were talking about San Francisco. I brought up the fact that St. Mary's, whenever they pack their house and Gonzaga comes to town, they always have issues. And here we are. You know, Gonzaga struggled, couldn't do anything inside the paint, couldn't do much of anything at all. They got shut down, and St. Mary's just throttled them. It wasn't much of a game the entire time. And, you know, anytime you win by 10 against the number one team in the country, no matter who you are, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, we, I watched that the other game, game. The other games, they're, um, they were really all ranked matchups, weren't they? Uh, pretty much. I mean, besides Arizona getting the second half of the Arizona game versus Colorado, an unranked team where Colorado just wiped them off the court on the second half. Arizona yeah. took a five-point lead in the halftime and then ended up losing by 16. Yeah. Only scored twenty six points in the second half, but I don't I don't know anything about Arizona. Literally, well, all I know is I just don't think that they're a very flashy good team. I think they're in a very bad conference, and it just does not look good. Like they do not look good, and they looked horrible the second half of that game. Yeah, well, I, I would bring up that. I mean, I, this is what I noticed. I noticed this um, whenever all of this was going on. Going on, all of the teams that lost that were ranked. Um, they were all on the road. They all lost on the road. Michigan State, they were at home. They beat Purdue. Um, of course, Kansas and Baylor both ranked inside the top ten. Kansas went to town to Baylor, and Baylor beat them after Kansas was playing well there in the first half and gave up a pretty solid lead, I think a, a 12- or 13-point lead. Texas 13, Tech, I think. Yeah, Texas Tech loses to TCU on the road. Uh, the only one that won on the road was Duke against Syracuse. And Syracuse is nothing to worry about. But then you had Auburn lose to Tennessee at Tennessee. So all of these teams lost on the road. So that's that's pretty – it's very interesting considering it just shows that no matter who you're playing, in-conference teams on the road are always going to be tough. Yeah. That Kansas – Kansas came out. If Kansas didn't have the great first 10 minutes that they had, they would have got swept because they came out that first 10 minutes and got out, looked like they were going to dominate Baylor and then got got wiped off the court after that, basically. And it was uh, it was rough. That Gonzaga game looked looked bad. Gonzaga, Timmy, and Holmgren looked awful. 
they looked like high schoolers out there. They were not looking like they were strong enough to take it to the basket against a St. Mary's team that looked like a bunch of of high schoolers. They were not. They were not. It was not strong. I was like, if they go up against anybody in SEC, they are not going to look good. They're not going to look good at all. That they, they have no strength. Holmgren looked like if he played that hard against Sheway, he would get literally thrown around like a rag doll all game. It would be like when Hulk grabs Loki and just throws him around. That's basically what it looked like. I, I just didn't think there was any. It was a surprising week that seven of the top ten teams lost, but Gonzaga yeah, I mean, getting history, beat by St. Mary's. Sorry, for the oh, first you're... time in history, for the first time in history, the top six teams lost on the same day. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough, but hey, it's okay when you're the sixth team, I guess, to sixth ranked team to lose. But all right, uh, Kentucky goes. To play well, if we play Ole Miss at home, senior night, Kellen uh, Grady and Davion Mitz. Kellen Grady, both older than me, it seems like seven o'clock on ESPN. Uh, senior night for these two. I appreciate both of what they've done, even though they haven't been here for as long as any other senior would re- regularly be. But I don't. Do you all have any worries about Ole Miss? Ole Miss is extremely bad. Um, we're going to be at full health. I would not be shocked at all, though, if you saw less minutes maybe from Ty Ty or Wheeler. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to – I know they're going to play, but I'm saying maybe if, you know, some cut-down minutes or something maybe. But um, I think this one we, – we haven't seen, honestly, though, this Kentucky team blow too many teams out. But if you're going to do one, this is the time to do it. And it's, it's now because I think it would be a confidence booster. And I'm a little worried about next Saturday, but we can talk about that later. But I think this one should be an easy win. Uh, Davion will get the start over over one of the Wheeler-Washington duo guys just because it's senior day. I think you'll see those boys get some shots early, but I, I hope one of them has a big day in their last day in Rupp, even though, like you said, they haven't been here long. But I'm not worried about Ole Miss at all. Leading scorer averages around 11 points, so they really don't even have a guy that – typically fills it up. Somebody always, anytime anybody comes to Rupp, has a day and fills it up. There's going to be some random kid that does fill it up early. But I think Kentucky seems to pull away in the end on this one because this is not a very good Ole Miss team. Yeah, no, they're not very good at all. And they're really guard-oriented too, so they're pretty small. And, you know, we've never, ever had trouble against Ole Miss in general. Here we are. I probably just jinxed us. But – that this Ole Miss team is probably one of their worst that they've had in a long time. And uh, I, I'm not worried about anyone. I'm not worried about any matchup. Um, they really just like to grab the ball, come up the floor, they'll run one or two passes, and then shoot the ball. And it's they just don't have a very efficient offense. They're just not that good as a team. They're small. They can't do much of anything well. And I think the record and their scores kind of show that too. I mean, they started off, I believe, nine and four, and then currently they're thirteen and sixteen overall. A team that I thought would be better, and obviously just haven't played very well. I don't see anybody on the roster I think can really pull away. And I mean, their leading scorer is Matthew Merle with eleven point four points a game. Nothing. There's no statistic on this team that really stands out to me and says, oh, this guy's actually really good. You know, like last game, J.D. Note fills up the stat sheet every night. We know who J.D. Note is. I don't know a single guy on this roster that I'm like, yeah, he could go off. We got to watch him. But I really think after being called out by 
Calipari on last game. I really think Kellen Grady's going to come out working and looking for his shot. I, I don't think that there's any way that he doesn't look for his shot and doesn't score in some way. I don't. I do not see another three points coming out of him in only three shots in thirty minutes, especially not in his last home game in front of a happy rup crowd. I don't know whether it's going to be a great one. L- luckily, it's not the late tip off at nine o'clock at seven. So uh, there'll be people there, but I hope I hope that he definitely is looking for his shot and definitely getting back into the into the swing of being the two three that he has played all season. Yeah, and Ole Miss actually likes to run a little bit of zone sometimes, so um, yeah. it'll probably just open the floor up for like I said earlier when I think it's going to be uh, Kellen Grady game and I think he's going to get a lot of threes up and I think he's probably going to make a lot of threes because he's probably going to be open and uh, you know. So Miss team came in, lost six of the last seven games, and their only win there is against Georgia. And we know how bad Georgia is. So uh, they do have some good wins, though. Um, they beat Memphis, who's been pretty hot here lately. Uh, they beat Mississippi State. But that was much earlier in the season. They're just not that good of a team. It's not really a whole lot to talk about against this team because, I mean – they're just – they're small, and they're not good. <laughs> so that's about the end of it, really. Yeah. I I do not see Oscar having any issue, and I don't I, – like I said, our shooters are not going to come out and only score five points or three points between Davion and Grady. I see Grady how many going out for does, a 20. How many rebounds does Oscar get? No one it, – it may be. Probably not, honestly, but maybe his last game in route. Um, does, does Oscar – Chase his record and rub. What's he do? Does he go crazy? I, I could see Oscar having a 20-plus rebound game, honestly, especially the way that Ole Miss is built. Yeah, well, th- they do have one seven-footer, uh, and I see Brooks, who's one of, who's uh, their best just um, inside guy anyway. He shoots like 40, 54% from the field, which is okay. I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, he's a seven-footer, 245 pounds. Um, he, he can block some shots, which I think what we've said before is – the issue with Oscar is he always has issues with length. And uh, as long as he just bullies him up, uh, I think he'll be all right. I, for your question about the rebounds, I think he'll probably end up – I think he'll probably get right out of his average because I think the other guys are probably going to come in and attack the basket trying to get more rebounds. Yeah, I definitely see him getting – I don't know. I think he ends up with 19 rebounds. I, I could definitely see him. He's actually been playing a lot better against length. Yeah, he he's the past two games he's played very well against long defenders that I thought he would struggle with, but he hasn't. And I can see him definitely getting nineteen. I think he goes for fifteen points, nineteen rebounds. I think the scoring goes to Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz. I believe they get twenty or more, not a piece, but I think Grady goes for twenty or more. I think Davion probably goes for thirteen. So, yeah, and nice here, Brooks. He's also their leading rebounder with almost eight points. Uh, you know, he he almost averages a double double, ten uh, nine point eight and seven seven and a half rebounds, pretty good. Also gets a block a game. Um, he he's he's going to be the guy that's going to be their in, inside force. So uh, we'll see. But like I said, they're more guard oriented anyway. So um, I don't see a whole lot to worry about. I really don't. I mean, I've already said that. But uh, they're pretty balanced. Just you know, team in general, they get a lot of turnovers. 13 turnovers a game. That's a lot. Uh, and they're actually decently, you know, aged. They've got 
I think four seniors and uh, two or three juniors. So they got some age on them, but um, they shoot about 33% from three. Uh, I don't know. That, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about this Ole Miss game. I mean, it's going to be senior night, and I think the seniors are going to show out. Yeah, and I think, thankfully, it's one team that we can kind of beat up on one last time before going into the SEC tournament because the past five, six games – we didn't really have an easy cupcake game to really go into with a full roster and really get a confidence and reassert ourselves as the Kentucky because a lot of people are going to look at us and say, oh, that's they're struggling. And they, a lot of people ain't paying attention to the fact we don't have a point guard or a second-best ball handler. We're really struggling because of those two guys out, and we're still winning games. So I, I'm happy to see a full roster, even if Severe and Tata are maybe – at limited capacity, I'm still excited to see those two play and potentially us get a great quality, not quality, but good a good scoring, probably win by 20 points. I, I really want to see that. So I got a question for both of you. Okay. You think we score – you think we hit uh, 100 points? Dylan, you go first. Um, no, I don't think I don't think we do. This team doesn't do it a ton. They've done it a few times this year. Uh, of course, the Tennessee game they did it. They got close, and I believe it was the Alabama, which, which, Alabama game. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and like I said, this team seems to find a way to kind of start off either slow or not or not necessarily crazy hot against these bad teams. So I don't think we hit a hundred points, but. I think they do that in some games, get close to that in some games you wouldn't expect them to, honestly. So sure. I, I, I wouldn't predict it to happen, but if it does, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, this Ole Miss team is not very good. Yeah, I think that we probably score – I'll give us – I don't want to say 100 because 100 is a big number, but I'd say 87. I think we score 87. So close That's, to our average. Yeah. I think I don't think we hit 100. 100 hundred's hard to hit, but I definitely see us – scoring a lot of points this team i think we probably beat them 87 to 65 i think we win by 22 yeah i'll say we win 90 to 61 i can see the cats coming away with a 20 point 22 something like that point lead uh win hopefully they don't kind of give up some stuff late like i'd like to see them gas pedal a game before we go into the tournament yeah yeah i know that they go play florida later this week I don't think Florida's good, but it's going to be a rowdy environment where everybody's Super Bowl. We saw Florida beat Auburn two, three days ago. And Arkansas can say it all they want, but we were their Super Bowl. I've noticed, I literally watched every other team after they packed their their home crowd for us, they go play another no-name team. Crowd's not even half as full, not even half as good. So we are your Super Bowl. You can get over that. Arkansas, we know we were. You're not going to pack out for the bad teams that you play. You're not going to do like you did for Kentucky. You're not going to stripe out. You're not going to tell your fans not to run the floor so we can run to you. I don't understand that, but it's I I don't I, I'll be happy when we beat Florida later this week, dude. Yeah, so. and uh, I'm I'm Florida. It's always our last game of the year. It's always on the road. Seems like and. Florida always tries to pack their house against us, just like everyone else does. But you know, I'm not I'm not worried about Florida either. But um, 
uh, I think we'll beat them too on their senior night. As long as we don't lose on our senior night, I think we'll 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 be all right. I think we definitely are a better team than Florida. And Tata might come out in a revenge game after getting his knee. I mean, he did. It wasn't a dirty play, but I think it probably derailed his season from where he wanted it to be. But anyways, anything else y'all want to talk about before we uh, close this out? We talked about college basketball. We talked about Kentucky losing to Arkansas. We talked about Ole Miss, a game that we're really not worried about. But anything else? Any other sports headlines you all want to talk about? Uh, I currently just watched ESPN put a video of Steph Curry on. He started at the free throw line, and he would hit a shot, take two steps back, hit a shot, take two steps back, hit a shot, and he didn't miss one. And he went from the free throw line to half court, taking two steps back at a time, and worked his way, taking two steps forward, all the way back to the free throw line again, and did not miss any of the like fifteen shots. Yeah, that's a sure of all time. That's a really good technique for um, watching the ball go in because yeah, usually, <laughs> usually, you know, whenever you're like uh, like what I did whenever I was playing in high school, we wouldn't start from the free throw line. But we would start from literally almost directly under the light, underneath the, the basket. And it's just straight up, directly up. That way you can get your form nice. Clearly, Steph Curry is built different. And besides, I'm you, he went all the way to half court and didn't miss the half court one. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, absurd. He's just, he's, <clears throat> he's insane. He's, he's not human. Psychologically, yeah, besides- that is something that you really want to know is just see that one shot. It just makes you feel better because if you start from half court, move your way in, I mean, you haven't really seen anything go through. It's psychologically preparing yourself that you're going to make it instead of looking at half court and being like, well, this is not going to go in. But Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time, and it's not even close. I mean, we've seen that in the All-Star game. He's the best shooter. There's no, it's not even a debate. Anything. I, th- I always thought Ray Allen or Reggie Miller were going to be the best. Steph Curry, it's just not even close. It, the numbers are not even similar. Besides that, I, I don't know if you guys talk about it much on here, but I'm excited in the upcoming weeks to get spring ball started. Honestly, I, I'm a big football guy. I absolutely love Kentucky football. I love Kentucky basketball, but I love. Uh, Kentucky football, and I am extremely excited even just to be reading articles and writing articles about spring ball. I'm excited about the new offensive coordinator, all those things leading up. I cannot wait. Yeah, you you actually work, you know, a little bit more, kind of more of an insider on on that, on uh, Kentucky in general. What do you know about um, Scandrello? I do know that, (coughs) you know, Coach Stoops wanted to stay in that Shanahan-McVay tree. Uh, the Shanahan and McVay run a lot of the same schemes. Uh, this late in the game, this this is a late hire. This is a very, very late hire. Um, everybody was talking about the dude from the Jets. I didn't. I, I know he kind of had a tie to that tree, but they that not all the way. We've seen what Shanahan and McVay do have done in the NFL, which has been amazing. I think, me personally, I think as the league progresses, you'll see a lot more of those type of offenses. And everybody is wanting people to connect to that tree. This guy is known as a quarterback guru. And Liam Cohen did help in this in this process. And this was one of the guys that he told him, like, go look at this guy. Uh, he's had a little bit of experience calling plays before. I think people were worried about that when they thought about the dude with the Jets. Or, but 
I think all along the people that was kind of had the inside sources on it. No, nobody had direct inside sources because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you think, you know, who Stoops is hiring, even <laughs> the guys close to the program, nobody ever knows. He always pulls somebody that you do not expect, but this hire is a great hire. I'm telling you the, I will say this. I've talked to some guys. Everybody on this staff is extremely ecstatic about this hire. And the last time that happened was Liam Cohen with Eric Warford, <laughs> the former offensive line coach. When I talked to some guys on the staff last year, they said, yeah, he's going to be a great coach and then smile and walk away. They were not super excited about having this guy in the locker room, having this guy. But this coach, this offensive coordinator, everyone on the staff is extremely ecstatic about him. And he's known as a quarterback guru. And I think, honestly, we're going all in on Will Levis. And and way that future offense is guy, I doubt, highly doubt you see him here for a long time. But hey, if we turn into a place that oh, our offense is so static that we're having to get the offense, I'm not a, I'm not mad about it. <clears throat> but I would not be surprised if he wanted to get back to the NFL eventually. But I'm ex- I'm excited about the hire. Hey, listen on uh, our episode seven, I believe it was the one about Liam Cohen and leaving. Me and Jared actually called it out saying, if you're going to get somebody to go back to the Shanahan McVay tree because it works and a lot of people are doing it, it seems fruitful every time somebody goes to it. Uh, and it, that's exactly what they did. And the Eric Wolford situation, the Eric Wolford situation is a whole different ball game. I think that that one ended up, like you said, I didn't know that people weren't, you know, actually that happy about him, but I think it ended in a way that kind of reflects that. But I think I think the Scandrello hire was a great one, and it seems everybody's really excited. So It is I, not by coincidence that Yenzer and Scrangio got both hired in the same offseason. The way those run, uh, those run pass option schemes roll and the way they, they are going to – I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of Will Levis plowing over some dudes this year, and I cannot wait. I'm telling you what, I don't even sometimes go as media to those games because I want to sit in the stands and watch Will Levis run some people over. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> I'm telling you, the the Yenzer hire and the new OC hire are not by coincidence that bringing both those dudes from that Shanahan tree is 100% on purpose. And I'm telling you, with the leading rusher in the SEC returning and Will Levis coming back at quarterback, and our offensive line is always going to be good here. It's going to be a point of emphasis for the Stoops team. I'm extremely excited about what we're going to have in Lexington next year. Tough schedule. A lot of traveling next year to some teams that it's, you know, tough to travel to. Florida, Tennessee, even some teams like Florida, it's going to be your weaker team. They're on the road next year. But if a high-powered offense comes in, I'm excited. I still my, – my question on this team is going to be the secondary, and I think, I think a lot of the inside media guys, and I, I'll come back on and talk about it if you guys want me to after spring ball, but I'm going to try to get in and get some information on what's the secondary going to look like because I think that's going to be the big key. It's definitely the big key. I I think – I mean, I don't want to speak for Logan, but, you know, y'all are related. But, of course, it would be awesome to have you back. And uh, me me and Logan's been to multiple games uh, this past year, and there wasn't a game where Will Levis didn't either, one, jump over somebody, or two, (laughs) run through a few people. And sometimes he did it and, you know, simultaneously, like he would run over someone and then jump over the next guy. So the fact that I'm hearing that hopefully Scandrello is going to do 
kind of what they're probably trying to teach Trey Lance in San Francisco now and just have him run the ball a little bit and just stay Will Levis to his own identity. That's really exciting. Yeah, they want him to definitely be efficient too. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't pass a whole lot because I don't think he's the best passer in the world, but he actually was a very efficient passer. He didn't, he wasn't going to hit for big plays, but he wasn't going to throw 30 times a game either. Yeah, so I think that's a lot. Of, I think that's a lot of what we're going to see again. Yeah. So another thing, Dylan, what do you think about uh, Drake Jackson joining the UK O line staff? I'm telling you what, guys, that is something I'm super excited for. I think he's going to be a great coach. I, I, honestly, if Drake doesn't just love it here, or he doesn't see Genzer getting a fast track back to the NFL, I would not be surprised if we see Jake Jackson as a head offensive line coach somewhere or here. Um, this is not a graduate assistant program. This is nothing. This is not a grad, whatever. This is him being an assistant offensive line coach. It's a position that was made for him. Um, listen, I got wind of this a couple of weeks ago, and they told us to keep our mouth shut sometimes. Listen, that's the worst feeling in the world. People's like, what's it feel like to get to know some stuff beforehand? It's the worst feeling in the world when you get told something. You can't tell nobody. Yeah. And we, we got wind of this a couple of weeks ago that this was going to happen, and I think everybody on the staff is extremely excited about it. You're looking at possibly the best center to ever play here. And that's always good to bring back to your staff, and especially somebody from this state that's passionate about this program and seeing it win. Um, I talked to some people close to Drake, and they said that the bouncing around from team to team that, you know, he had to go through just simply only because of his height. The only reason was because of his height. I asked people around the program, it's only because of his height, not because of the skill set. And you talk about a guy who was two or three weeks ago on the practice squad with the Rams as they prepared for the Super Bowl. He's going up against Aaron Donald every day in practice. Uh, that's good to bring to your staff. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, we're going to know probably better than, than both of us. But anytime that you can get a guy that um, has already uh, been in Stoops' cultural cu- culture and uh, knows how that works. I mean, you get somebody in that just – with Drake, you get somebody that was there with – for those Florman days and somebody that really is going to carry the torch and the, the power that that Schlarman brought to this group and made the big blue wall, what it is. And Drake will carry those values onto the next person or on to these new players and not just let it continue to go away each time. I, it's going to be somebody that really just keeps these values close. And I think we see the big blue wall stay the big blue wall. It's not going to be just, I wasn't afraid of that with Eric, Eric Wolford is that he was going to fall into their values are going to be lost. It was just going to be another offensive line. I think that this Drake Jackson along with Yenzer is just going to be a great fit for uh, growing this program and keeping the big blue wall, what we know it as. Yeah. I mean, you said I, I, I'm, I'm excited for football season already. I mean, I'm a big basketball guy anyway, but Anytime you got Kentucky football playing well and doing great things, it's super exciting and um, it makes you look forward to spring football and and, and just practicing in general. It, it warms all of BBN up for uh, their next big uh, sporting uh, season. Yeah, and I'm not a big baseball person, so not now I'll kind of cling on to the end of the college basketball season and then to the NBA season and – I'll start looking into the spring ball and UK's roster. But honestly, I thought we'd lose a lot with Cohen and a lot of our players 
graduating, moving on, but I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm at Stoops. I think has done a great job yet again at keeping this roster and keeping his, his staff excellent again. I'm really excited about what he continually does year in and year out. So, anything else, Dylan? I think I'm good, man. Um, you guys have a great thing going here. Keep it going. Let me know how I can help you out. And if I can shout you out on yeah. Twitter or anything like that, just <laughs> send it to me. All right. Anytime you want to join. Have, boys, uh, oh, you cut out on me there for a second. Uh, only advice that I have, boys. Stay consistent, and your following will grow. You know what I'm saying? That's the only yeah. thing. Even when I'm not lots going on, make some topics, make things interesting, because you guys got a good thing on here. You flow well. I've been on some shows before where they do not flow well, and you guys flow well. You're going to do a great job. Anytime you need any help or anytime you want a guest on, I'm always willing to talk Kentucky sports. Hey, and listen, man, anytime that you want to join, I'll, I'll contact you when we're about to shoot an episode. Would you like to join us potentially on uh, like a March Madness Selection Sunday episode after the bracket is revealed and we pick our tournament picks? Yeah, yeah. Just let me know, man, and I'll be on here with you. Just uh, you guys got a great thing going here, and uh, I think you're going to keep it up. All right. So, all right. We'll we'll let you go. We'll let you go, and uh, I look forward. I'm excited to keep this podcast going. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's going to have some changes coming soon. Some different things we're going to keep trying, but uh, like I said. I'm gonna. I started the episode with our giveaway announcement. Anybody who follows Dylan, retweet it, and we'll uh, we'll do this giveaway soon. I, it, it's went a little bit longer than I wanted to due to some things going on in my personal life, but I want to I want to get it going soon. That way we can give this free money away to whoever wants it. It's sponsored by Katrina Fields at Remax, of course. Uh, Dylan's favorite aunt. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I'm Logan. And that's Jerry. That's that's Dylan. They all they both look good. I see them most most of my days away from away from work. I see these two handsome dudes. But guys, that's all I got. You all have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.